Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Best Bet Show here on the Field of 68, powered by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave crew ready to guide you through a hump day Wednesday slate. Pretty solid, solid set of games tonight, including a big headliner in the SEC. But Kai, before we get to it, I'm going to go to you first. Mr. McEwen, what did you see last night? What stood out to you as a takeaway from Tuesday? Well, the Providence Creighton game rocked, guys. I don't know if you watched it, but fantastic. I know Matt was busy on a Valentine's Day date. <laughs> no, I was not tonight. Actually, we're doing Valentine's Day the day after. Like, look at cool, you. Did like you forget cool to couples. do reservations yesterday? Is that why they're all like the three course minimum spend things? So we thought tonight uh, would just be a better situation. Yeah, we'll discuss it when I get to my take. But go ahead, continue. Very sorry. nice. Uh, anyways, yeah. double overtime game. The dunk still has magic. Is fantastic. Uh, the Mizzou game less cool. We don't have to talk about that very much. But Mizzou, whatever, still in the tournament. They didn't play. They did yadi, not play yadi, last yadi. night. Uh, Matt, your takeaways. Yeah, Mizzou was screwed when I saw they tagged uh, this show, I believe, me prefacing Mizzou going into the jungle, and then, of course, uh, just never actually went. To, they just never got off the bus. Tough effort from your Tiggers. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, home court Big Ten. I was on Michigan um, last night and was also on Illinois. Felt really good about both those games. Turns out home court's worth 10 points at this point, Jimbo. So a reminder to uh, to slap me right here, preferably when I take another road Big Ten team for the rest of the year. Good thing there's not many left as we approach the madness of March, Jimbo. We got one tonight. Your who who Hoosiers can't wait to discuss them and later. I bet them. I bet them. Uh, yeah, Matt, the, that Penn State game. I don't think I've seen a better individual performance than Jalen Pickett that game. Forty-one points, eight assists. Like just had Illinois in the torture chamber. Every time he had the ball, they're like, "Do we double? What do we do?" He's backing us down. Oh, he made a three. He kicked out for an open three. Like they could not guard him. Had absolutely no response. And they've got guys I figured could guard him. Shannon Meyer, uh, some of the the freshman guards could put bodies on him. No chance. Really, really impressive stuff from Pickett. Providence is tough as nails. And I have some real concerns about Kansas State, fellas. We're going to talk about that in the Three Man Weave podcast later today. Uh, but eesh, not great vibes out of them right now. But let's look ahead. Look forward to tonight. Alabama, number one in the country, headed to Tennessee. They've lost two in a row. Kai, kind of a strange spot here in the SEC. Tennessee with two buzzer beater losses in a row. But now they're favored. Minus three at home against Alabama. The total's been hammered up five points. People are all over that. How do you see this game playing out? Uh, injury status is the first thing, Jim. I think we have a little bit more clarity on that now, but Betty Ako, um, questionable for this game for Alabama. Then you have JJJ and Phillips on the other side for Tennessee. Sounds like Josiah Jordan James is not going to play. Sounds like Julian Phillips might though still, 
Um, so right off the bat, got to know your injuries. Uh, yeah, Tennessee off back-to-back losses, Vanderbilt, Mizzou. Not a great look, Matthew, and Alabama's obviously rolling, the number one team in the country. This spot is all Tennessee, um, and they can absolutely win this game. They have fantastic defense. You got to hope Alabama's not white hot. They won't allow them to score inside. They won't allow them to get second chances. They can go toe-to-toe athletically and physically with this Alabama team. Alabama's defense has been crazy good in SEC play. I'm not sure it's it's as sustainable as what it currently is. Teams are shooting 21.9% from three, 39.7% from two. Those sound just very, very, very extreme. I know this team is awesome athletically. It's just too much. In Knoxville, ultimate spot, I lean towards the Vols, Matt, even at minus three. Well, yeah, you talk about the potential regression variance monster coming. I think you have to mention on both sides. This is actually the battle between the number one and number two three-point percentage defenses in America. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's part of the over money. Um, the opener was shaded up three points from Ken Palm's number at 140. Opens 143. Now it's at 148. Like historically, these games have all played around 140 the last two years, right? Oates, Barnes, pace has been right around 70 possessions where it's been kind of an in-between Tennessee and Alabama's preferred pace. Uh, Jim, maybe it's due to the injury concerns with Josiah Jordan James and Julian Phillips. I don't know. I spent this morning trying to understand what people were seeing with that angle, I guess. So I, I kind of like the under. That's kind of my square angle. And I guess I'll be a double square and also lean toward Alabama. I know it's an all-time spot for Tennessee, but I just think Alabama's better. So I'll take the three points on the road. No JJJ concerns me. I think that's a, a real problem. And and uh, like you said, Matt, I think impacts the total. Bediaco the same way. I mean, he is like the dominant rim protector for them. Clowney's great inside too, but you take away that depth, the two-headed monster, and maybe you start to see how Tennessee starts to rack up points. You mentioned three-point regression, and yes, we got to talk about it, Scott. I'm sorry. It is a real phenomenon. Tennessee, no one was making threes against them. And then Kai, last two games combined Vandy and Mizzou, 24 of 51. 47% from three. It all came in a deluge of regression there against them. Maybe there's still more to come because honestly, they're they're still, like Matt said, top five in the country in, in three-point percentage defense and Alabama shoots a ton of them. So we'll see how that plays out. I, I'm kind of with Matt leaning towards the the under and the dog, but I want to wait and see what happens with Betty Ako and Phillips before I uh, make any wager on the side. Like if Betty Ako's out and Phillips is in, probably start to lean towards Tennessee at that point. I think both those guys matter to the line. All right, next up, another SEC game. Got a few SEC ones on the outline. Kentucky-Mississippi State coming after chat mob break. Right now we've got Arkansas at Texas A&M. Matthew, I thought Arkansas is ready to trend up. You get Nick Smith Jr. back, you take on Mississippi State, and you get kind of out-physicaled at home. Really disappointing for a team that we, we saw as playing more bigs now. Arkansas, two bigs, just couldn't handle Mississippi State's physicality. And couldn't shoot over the top, which is the real issue with this Arkansas team. Now they're getting four points on the road at AM. Matthias, how do you see this one? Yeah, I already beat AM by 11, not so long ago. That was January 31st, basically two weeks ago uh, to the day. Yeah, I mean, I think we, at least me, was a, I bought into the Arkansas research, but the very impressive one at Kentucky. But I think now I've just learned that that's just, that's nothing. There's nothing there. Um, in Mississippi State, while we can maybe look at that as a tough questionable loss, like how good has Stark Vegas been? Um, I think really they're good. winners of six straight. So a lot of moving parts here to kind of, you know, normalize what result meant what, what, you know, how do you assess each of the performances of the last couple of weeks, Kai? 
Um, I just like AM here at home. Um, I just think the guard play of AM, I know they've been a little bit erratic this year, but their depth, I think, can wear Arkansas down. A team that's been brittle in the backcourt and not as deep there. If Musselman can really slow this game down and really play to his strength inside, but AM's not weak up front at all. I think they can absolutely compete on the glass. They did in that first game. Um, I like AM here. Yeah, wow, you're giving up on Arkansas after one game. I mean, Mississippi State's playing as good as anybody right now. Uh, come on, man, have some faith in your hogs. Uh, oh, they're yeah. not my hogs. Oh, oh, they're not my hogs. Stop it. Game Stop one it. was impressive, up. by the way, but AM did shoot 58% from the line. That, that's kind of a uh, something that will improve in this game. AM also needs this game more than Arkansas for the tournament. Um, amazingly, they might go 11 and 2 in the SEC and still be on the bubble uh, as of now because of those bad losses early on. Of course, it's a big name, big game for Arkansas as well. They have Nick Smith back in the lineup, extremely huge. I think that's going to help them more so in game two than did in game one. He as he gels more with this lineup and, and going forward. AM certainly has an edge on the glass. They controlled it in game one and they force you to shoot jumpers. And that's bad for Arkansas, who can't really shoot that well. Again, perhaps Smith being back helps that. Spread honestly feels a touch high to me. I, I lean towards Arkansas here. Lean him toward lean, lean towards them, Jim, to complete the sweep or keep it within one possession. Yeah, I, I, I lean towards Arkansas as well. When when Nick Smith played back in December or November, first game six minutes did nothing. Then he had sixteen, then twenty two, then twenty one points. Like he, he really figured it out, got into a rhythm. Could see that happening again, Kai. Like you said, second game maybe a little more uh, more rust knocked off of uh, his status. Also, I don't want to give up on Arkansas after that Mississippi State game. Mississippi State was six of ten from three. Arkansas, while not a good shooting team, was four of 18. Uh, that's even below their averages. I think you even both of those out. And look, Arkansas wins. We feel pretty good about the Razorbacks right now. So I, I feel fairly confident Arkansas is going to surge at some point with Smith back in the lineup. Sort of think it starts tonight, but uh, I'm not actually going to bet that one. It, it's close, but not quite there. All right, Matt, right back to you for your Hoosiers. Indiana on the road at Northwestern. A road favorite of minus two and a half. I am getting major flashbacks to yesterday when I took Illinois in a road favorite spot revenge. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Indiana is here. Tell me why I shouldn't do it again, Matthias. This is my, I promise, I promise everyone, this is the last time I'll be backing a Big Ten road team. Uh, Kai, I think me and you have personally attended two of these, maybe three of these games at Welsh Shrine where we're like, mm -hmm. oh, Indiana's going to mop Northwestern. Half the stadium will be Indiana fans, and that's what it was, but Northwestern has been kind of a house of horrors for the Hoosiers um, lately. Remember last year they had that weird off the court incident with Xavier Johnson, and a few others uh, rumored to have snuck out and gotten right. some extra clicklers. I kind of think Mike <laughs> Woodson remind promptly reminds his younger, well, younger guys and just team in general that this is a real Northwestern team, just beat Purdue. Um, and they're not to be taken lightly and maybe to kind of stay in and focus on winning this game coming off that Michigan went on the road, which is not great as Michigan's been still very impressive in this conference. And you got to like the spot here um, with Purdue or sorry, with Northwestern coming off the, we are for sure in the tournament win against Purdue. So Jim, all that is to say famous last words, as I will be backing my Hoosiers here tonight. Yeah. These teams are tied for second in the big 10. Do you know that wild two way tie it's Northwestern and Indiana. Um, yeah. Northwestern off that Purdue win. they've won three straight. They look great. Indiana though, also streaking. They've won eight of nine. This is a revenge spot too for Indiana. They lost at assembly hall against Northwestern. Neither team could stop, could stop the other one. It was impressive shot making. It was better offense than defense. Indiana turned the ball over 16 times. That's what the Cats pretty much do. Two teams, especially teams that are missing their starting point guard in, in Xavier Johnson. I think that's a, a big factor here. 
But I agree with Matt. The home court here is still not strong. We've been to these games. Indiana fans are basically 50-50, maybe even a little bit of an advantage towards Indiana. I've not been to a Welsh Ryan game this year. Maybe the Northwestern fans are coming out a little bit more, Matt, of the woodwork with them in tournament play. Um, yeah, I, I think Northwestern has an edge here forcing turnovers and getting to the free throw line. It's a toss-up for me at the current spread. I'm not going against Big Ten home, Jim, yeah, even to, if it is Northwestern. Up to two and a half. I missed that, Jim. I thought it was one and a half. So, two and a half, yeah, yeah, it continues to climb. Yeah, I it, the, the the encouraging part is that Northwestern doesn't have Jalen Pickett, and that is what absolutely demolished <laughs> my road favorite revenge angle yesterday. But Boo Boo, he's been pretty darn good himself. He, he's not Pickett, but he kind of uh, controlled that game against Purdue over the weekend. I think there is some risk of a little bit of a, an emotional letdown after such a big win on Sunday, and then you turn around and play another monster team in the in the Big Ten here. But Indiana's been kind of immune to those letdowns. They beat Purdue, and then they beat Rutgers, and then they beat yep. Michigan. Uh, really, really impressive resilience from that squad, and definitely not at full strength either. With Thompson been in and out, Xavier Johnson not quite back yet. Maybe we see him tonight. I don't know. Hard to hard to prognosticate on that. I still lean towards Indiana. I just think they're good. And Northwestern, smoke and mirrors is probably unfair, but I, I just think Indiana is the better squad right now. And with that angle of uh, having lost the first time, we lean towards the Hoosiers, not willing to fade Big Ten home teams. All right, last up on the outline before chat mob, Kai up in my city, Milwaukee, Marquette hosting Xavier. It's been bet up to minus six now at Bet Rivers. People are liking the Golden Eagles at home. There's some injury questions. On the Xavier side, what do you got with this one? Yeah, Xavier hasn't been this big of a dog all too often. Six-point dog. We haven't seen that very much this season, Matt, with, with Xavier, with the way they're playing. They are coming off their worst game of the year. That Butler effort was terrible. They could not play any worse. It was brutal to watch. Um, this game's for first place in the Big East. Marquette is in current sole position. Possession of first place by a half game. Xavier won game one. It was high level. Both teams scored where and how they wanted to. But Zach Fremantle was in that game. He matters a lot. Um, he was key in game one, and, and he improves the Savior's depth up front. Marquette at home, super dangerous. The spread to me feels a tad high at six, but I'm not going to fade Marquette at home. Not doing it. Yeah, it feels high to me, too. I guess the concerns are with Sule Boom's ankle. Sounds like he's supposed to play, but uh, I'd be a little bit worried, I guess, if you're um, getting a less than 100% of point guard catalyst. However, there is a double-edged sword there. I think less boom minutes or no boom minutes if he does, in fact, not play. Probably more minutes for Jerome Hunter and Desmond Claude, the younger, uh, I think, more defensive-oriented guard there. So it actually could help Xavier's perimeter defense, which has been my concern with them as I've watched them this season. Um, so it could be a blessing in disguise still. I think, man, Marquette's offense is so tough to defend, and you can't have any issues defensively going up against that juggernaut right now, especially at home. Felt too high to me, but I've been burned by these it feels too high road dogs in like the five to eight range where you just have to respect how good team X has been at home and Marquette certainly qualifies. So mm -hmm. nothing for me here, Jimbo. Yeah. And Xavier's been pretty poor in the road. Kai mentioned the Butler effort. They also lost that DePaul got smoked at Creighton. Uh, it's not getting a UConn win on the road in there, but they have not been as strong on the road. Other little thing I think worth noticing is they've been playing a lot slower without Fremantle. You look at their tempo from early Big East, it's like 77, 72, 80, 74. Now, recent games, 70, 73, 72 in overtime. That's a, actually a pretty slow game, 68, 70. The last 10 minutes of this meeting, uh, the first game was like weirdly stuck in the mud. Uh, they had, had their 92 points in the first half, Marquette and Xavier in Cincinnati, and then ended up going under. Uh, the total opened nine points below Ken Palm, 159. 
Ken Palm has it 168. It's been bet up three or four. I kind of like coming in on the under at this point, especially with what Matt said about Boom possibly being limited and playing more of a, a bigger lineup there. So it, it's scary to take an under in a Marquette game. It, but. It's it's also crazy to see a total open, what, nine points off from Ken Palm. Um, yep. So. Yep. So Market we will see. I think, everywhere. yeah, the, the, the odds makers are on to the fact that they're playing slower. It's really better than me. Darn yep. you. Oh, darn you, odds makers. All right, let's get to chat mob part one. Kai, we're going to you, my czar. Let's do it from Ethan is going to tip us off with some Valley action, Missouri state and Bradley Bradley's a 10 point favorite at home, Jim, they're home rocks, but boy, 10 points, your thoughts. Uh, yeah. I mean, Missouri state really mucks games up. That's been their whole thing this year is let's get it slow, gruesome in the weeds. Bradley's kind of comfortable doing that though. I am not fading home Bradley. They have been a real juggernaut at home. I don't have the home ATS number in front of me, but they've been really good. Yeah, Bradley Drake, winner of that conference tournament, will be a one-game winner in the tournament. That's my hot take. I love both those teams. Continue. Sorry. You get the Mountain West game, Matthew. Boise on the road at Colorado State. Some in the chat think this line is way too short. Boise's only a three-point favorite on the road. Your thoughts? Colorado State getting healthier. They have one of those guards back tonight, I believe, correct? Um, Jackson and Lake. I don't know if Jackson. I think Jackson coming back tonight. Is this an intersection in downtown Chicago, Kai? Jackson and Lake. It's good, Jim. Uh, I uh, no, I've given up tracking the Colorado State injury situation. I kind of agree with the chat, though. Even if one of the, both those guys, both of those guys are back, you're basically like, okay, they're back. So now Colorado State will be back to the team we thought they were. They haven't really been that. So I would lean Boise, even though it's a tough place to play. Ooh, Kai, I found the Bradley home numbers. They're eleven and two against the spread with a wait for it plus eleven cover yeah. margin. Average. They're stupid plus good at home. Eleven per, in over thirteen different games are covering by an average of eleven. That's nuts. Brian Wardle has specifically called out how good the fans have been this season. If that, if that tickles your fancy at all, uh, Jim East Carolina is hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati is laying nine and a half points on the road at the pirates. Yeah. East Carolina has really trailed off without Javon small. Like that has been a major problem for them to not have him leading the charge offensively. Also kind of makes me like the under here, Matt. I can't lay nine and a half on the road despite since he playing better. Victor Lockins also banged up for them. And I think he matters a fair amount. So lean towards the under Kai, but not uh, not going to bet aside. Yep. Matthew, Patriot League for you. Colgate, this is from Harry, one of his three questions. Colgate minus 12 at home against Army. I think there's some Army backers in the chat. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of like the troops here. Um, I mean, Colgate, again, talked about it. Tough team to fade in the Patriot. They seem to just put the hurt on everyone, but they play close games in this conference. They've not been completely invincible still. I would I'd tread lightly. Army small would be my recommendation. Very small. Uh, I'm not, I'm having trouble finding this one, so we're going to skip it. Uh, Pat, St. Bonaventure and Fordham. Jim, you get this question. Fordham is laying five, I think, at home. Fordham. Yeah, a combination of a team that's really good at home, Fordham, 11 and six against the spread at home, and then St. Bonaventure has been nowhere near the same team away from Olean. I kind of lean towards Fordham there, Kai. I think this is actually like a, a really good Ram squad that can taste a double buy in the A-10 tournament. Wow, can you believe that? Ton of no. Bonnie's money open seven down to four and a half. Ooh, so people betting against that, Jim. Yeah, well, and seven that is down to four and a half now. Seven was pretty no, high. That's not, yeah, high. that was high. Yeah. Uh, Matthew from Michael, you get Ole Miss in Florida. Little Todd Golden chat in the chat here. Ole Miss is like, excuse me, Florida is laying 10 at home against a bad Ole Miss team. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to have to be a Virginia crockpot cover if Florida's going to cover that number. It's just not all the way there offensively, but they can absolutely defend. I don't see how Mississippi scores more than 50 points in this game, to be honest. I lean Gators, but too many delay with the team who I just don't trust offensively. 
Jim, back in the Patriot, Holy Cross, plus two and a half at home against BU. If I remember correctly, Holy Cross beat BU in game one, but I, I my memory's escaping me. Your thoughts? Yeah, BU's coming off a pretty solid win over American that I think surprised us. We had a, an Action Network pick on American. We did not get that correct. Uh, but I think Holy Cross is pretty feisty. Weirdly, they've been almost feistier on the road, though. I don't think their home court really provides much. There's not much travel in this league. Uh, another one where they're... Uh, home court is not as strong as somewhere like the Big Ten. So, Kai, I, I'm sitting that one out. I don't have anything super opinionated. From on point, I'll field this one. Northern Iowa is hosting Drake. Spreads down to five and a half. Come down a little bit. Money for you and I. I lean towards the Panthers. They have lost five straight, and Drake is rolling. But uh, they're much better at home. And game one went double overtime. You and I was up by 11 in the second half. I think they can get it done here. It's a big rivalry in state. Uh, these teams usually split the series during the season. So lean towards Panthers there. Getting a good price now too, Kai. Six and a half. Nice. Five and a half Bet Rivers come down from six and a half, Matthew. Oh, well, a little buyback on Mr. McKeon's side. Hmm. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Matthew, you get a Missouri Valley game. Murray State, not a good road team. They're plus one. They're on the road at Illinois State. Your thoughts? Yeah. I, I'm Look at Murray State's last three games. I've given up 92, 91, and Awful. 80 something. Yes. I mean, defensively just horrible. And like you look on paper never supposed to be a good defensive team it's really starting to come unraveled i guess i lean isu right especially because they are at home and murray state's on the road yeah, murray state three and nine against the spread on the road negative eight cover margin like they just they get smashed yeah. a lot and they might just be broken now as matt mentioned they've gotten just slayed last three defensively horrid man <laughs> uh all right jim let's go back to the rundown got the rest of the questions holstered Alrighty, back to the rundown coming out of it with an SEC tilt. Kentucky at Mississippi State. Mississippi State laying three here against Big Blue Nation. It's actually on a radio show earlier today, and Matt, the host made an interesting point that Kentucky has been better against teams with poor offenses because you're not taking advantage of what has been some defensive leaks for Kentucky, especially with Oscar defending in space. Mississippi State, definitely not a good offensive team here. Um before we discuss that, though, Matt, I, I want to bring up a little fun prop that Bet Rivers has has put out there. This UK team, right by the bubble, as is North Carolina, th- there's a wager plus nine hundred for them both to miss the tournament. They're combined one in fifteen against Q1 opponents. It's not outrageous. Um, I'm I'm a little bit tempted by it. I think the it's going to be tough to get those brand names out of there and not put them in Dayton and, and yep. get ratings that first night. But man, the, the, both those profiles are pretty empty. It's at least worth a look if you're if you're interested in that. Uh, but Matt, back to this game tonight. Kentucky and Mississippi State, what do you think? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. No, I see. I mean, North Carolina is probably on the right side of the bubble and UK is on the wrong side. But, you know, you net it out. They're probably both, both coin flips. So uh, 25% chance they're a pretty good odd boost at the uh, that. Uh, I would suggest indulging. Uh, this is my best bet. And I am going to endorse this odds boost even farther because I think the Cats lose tonight. Mississippi State beats them, not emphatically, because this Chris Chan's team is not a put you away and score 80 and run you out of the gym. But I do think they hold Kentucky um, you know, to under 55 points tonight, somewhere in that range, and I think they get this done. Trending back up, as we talked about earlier, 
they had some issues offensively. They've seemed to have ter- corrected that to some degree. Um, you're right, Jim. I don't know if they have all of the tools to really exploit how bad she has been in ball screen and some of the other holes that have emerged, but I think they're good enough. And I think they're definitely good enough to keep this Kentucky offense um, in a shell, Mr. McKeon. So I'm going to lay three here with the home fighting Chris Jans as Stark Vegas. Yeah, absolute must win for Kentucky after the Georgia loss. They are, Matt, as you mentioned, they're on the outside of bracket matrix looking into the tournament. Kind of crazy. CJ Frederick, Seville Wheeler, probably still out in this game. I think CJ Frederick matters a ton. Depth, and most importantly, shooting. You can't score inside against Mississippi State. It's very tough to do that. They need shooters. Kentucky is a good shooting team, but Frederick's a big part of that. And Miss State's rolling, man. They've played their way into the field. They are currently an 11 seed. Five straight wins right now. Their defense, again, no joke. And they will force Kentucky to be a jump shooting team without Frederick. Sheboy, I think, can handle his own against anybody. But Mississippi State does have a lot of size. They, and they do do well rebounding as a team, as is Christian's uh, coaching style. Um, their offense, of course, not anything special. Kentucky probably holds their own that end. One team, Jim, I perceive is tough, and that's Mississippi State. And one team I perceive is soft, despite having Oscar Sheboy. I don't know why I have that in my head, but that's kind of what I've seen from these games. The spread's right. I don't know. I, I kind of lean towards Kentucky, actually, Matt, but it, it's crazy to see just to think they lose again, right? Yeah, last two Kentucky performances certainly feel soft, Kai. I'll give yeah. you that. Uh, what they've done against Georgia and Arkansas, really, really poor, especially like you should start to feel back against the wall and they don't have the same desperation you'd like to see them have. Uh, and all the Kentucky fans, Kai, for a while, it was, well, severe Wheeler's the problem. Well, he didn't play against Georgia and you still lost. So uh, you, you got to find a new punching bag. I guess it's just Cal. That's kind of what it's been for them. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned they can shoot. They don't like to shoot. Three-point attempt rate's really low. They just make yep. some when they do. Reeves and, and Case and Wallace can shoot. But that's not really their go-to. They take a lot of mid-range jumpers. I don't know. I think that's a bad recipe against this defense. I kind of like Matt's matchup angle there. Uh, worth noting real quick here, don't watch this game if you're in a back on Mississippi State. I know it's a big Blue Nation game, so you'll probably have your eyeballs on it if you're a college hoops fan. 26% from three-point range in conference play, 57% from the free throw line are the Bulldogs. So, <laughs> tough can't shoot. All right, next up, TCU at Iowa State. And, folks, then we're going to get into a little mid-major fun to end the show. Uh, TCU at Iowa State, though, here. Kai, big injury questions on the TCU side. Do we have a Mike Miles return or not? That knee hyperextension was pretty gruesome, but apparently he looked really good in practice yesterday. On the other side, hard to figure out what's going on with Iowa State right now, losing at home. What do you think? What do you make of these two teams that both could really use a win? Yeah, obviously, if Miles is back, huge, the line's going to move. Um, but is he going to be 100%? He might still be limited. It's a question mark. And Hilton Magic is tough, tough place to play. Iowa State, you're right. They lost Oklahoma State at home. That was surprising. I don't see them doing it twice in a row. And TCU met without Miles. If he's out, they've struggled. They've been competitive, but they can't close games. If you count Mississippi State, the game he went down, they're 1-4 and four against the spread and straight up. It's a problem without Miles. And, of course, Iowa State, what do they do? They forced turnovers. They're really tough on defense. In the first game, they forced 18, and Miles was in the lineup. Um, Clones won that first game without Koontz at TCU. They scored at will off penetration. Their, their guards got in the lane. They're very good at that. And second-chance opportunities. A little surprising, they crushed Lampkin and company on the glass in game one. Just a tougher team. I, I think they're just too tough at home. If Miles is out, I lean towards Iowa State. Yeah, we'll see what the whole Miles Lampkin thing, um, how that materializes. I just don't play this game. I think there's just too many moving parts here. There's two teams that are in kind of bad form, 
you have another team that could get two key players back. Are they going to be effective? Are they going to be like fully back to their old selves with the reintegration? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that, Jim. I think this is like the biggest stay away on the board tonight. That's all. So, yeah, I kind of buy that. I I think Miles is going to play, but I'm I'm very curious to see how it's worded when if it's announced. Like if they say we'll give it a go the way they've been doing with Lampkin, I wouldn't touch him. It, don't play him if it's not he feels great, looks great. Let's just let him go. Like if he's not 100, percent it would be silly to put him out there. I, I do have some concerns with fading Iowa State off the home loss. I just there's too much pull in both directions here. I, I like TC with Miles, but not really in this spot. So I, I'm going to stay away too, Matt. I think that's probably wise. All right, now we go to two very big mid-major matchups here. Out in the Big West, UC Irvine at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, Santa Barbara currently up by one game right now on Irvine. So if Irvine gets a road win here, they'll be tied atop the league. They'll have split the regular season series. Big one. Kai, going to you first here. The Gaucho is laying two and a half. It's a blue out in Santa Barbara. Whole Good. lot of blue going to be in the arena yes. here. Which way are you leaning? Are they different blues? They've always struck me as kind of the same blue, Irvine and Barbara. Irvine, it's like, Matt, did you know there's a Northwestern? a lighter blue, I think. Yeah, Irvine's more dark. dark. Yes, Northwestern did a blackout against Purdue, and there is some, like, funny, like, what are you doing? Purdue's yeah, that's black. stupid. Yeah, but uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, Santa Barbara's the class of this league right now. They're they're by far the most talented team. On paper, no one even comes close talent-wise. They beat Irvine game one on the road by eight. 1.11 points per possession. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're more talented, and they're at home in this game. Now, Irvine does have Loikton back in the lineup. That's huge. He was out against Barbara in game one. But Kelly and Norris, that's a tough duo up front for Barbara. I still think they have an advantage inside. The travel here, Matt, is pretty light. What's Jim doing? Yes. I just for I Kelly. just remembered that Kelly's probably suspended because he, he like, suspended. got in a fist fight at the end of the last game. Yeah. Oh, we don't know though. Is he suspended? No, it's, it's oh, confirmed. Rocket Miller yeah. says he is suspended. Okay. Well, that changes okay. everything. I lean towards Barbara, but with Kelly out, I would lean towards Irvine. I'm in on Irvine here. Yeah, you got Kai, say his name. Say his name. Bains Leuchten. He's back, baby, without Kelly up front to neutralize. And I think their other big guy is out too. Um, so yeah, Norris? UCSB, basically. No, Norris is in. So Norris is oh. their only big up front. I think Irvine is actually has an advantage. Like they have the advantage they've usually had historically against UCSB with Kelly out. I think they'll play to that. And their guards have been kind of the story all year, carrying them with that unreal shot making. Some might say unsustainable. I just think those guys are good. Um, I think Irvine's the play here. I'm kind of going back to the old Russell Turner against Joe Pasternak um, storylines, narratives, whatever. I like Irvine here. I think I get this done without Kelly coming off that weird brawl. I like the uh, the, the eaters. Yeah, Lichten missed like eight games, and they're still number one in the Big West in two point percentage defense. Like Russell mm-hmm. Turner just manufactures these really tough to score against defenses in the paint. Without Kelly, it's going to be even harder to score in the paint. Tough to contain Lichten. Yeah. Man, I, no, no, Kelly, I think, really swings this and, and tilts me towards Irvine in this one. Probably a slight coaching edge there for Turner as well. All right, last one, SoCon. Three-way tie atop the league right now between Furman, Greensboro, and Samford. And now we've got UNC Greensboro and Samford facing off here. Big one, it is a pick basically a coin flip from the odds makers. Matthew, Samford is a little healthier. Quez Glover's in there. Uh, he, he hasn't totally catapulted the offense the way we thought he might. Uh, but man, you're going to need him against uh, Greensboro's fantastic half court defense. What are you liking with this one? Yeah. Greensboro beat Sanford. I'm sorry. The Sanford beat Greensboro at home. Now Sanford back at home. One of the better home courts 
um, in the SoCon. Man, this is a toss-up. I think the line's pretty good. I think it's probably the second best stay away on the card for me here, Kai. I, I like that Sanford can handle Greensboro's pressure, um, but Greensboro's really kind of making their new identity around their physicality and size. But I think Sanford has that this year too. It's not like a team that's overly wing and guard laden. Like they can compete up front on the glass. I think it's just a well-rounded, very deep roster, multiple guys at each position. Props to our guy, Bucky McMillan. It's got it going mm-hmm. down there after the uh, the non-con swoon. I'd lean their way, but uh, tough to say. It's hard to see Sanford sweeping uh, the mighty Spartans and Mike Jones this year. Yeah, uh, both teams 12-2, and two, right? Tied atop the SoCon, Jim mentioned with Furman. Sanford did win at Greensboro in game one without Glover, but since then, Greensboro has been a whole different team. They're 9-1 and one straight up, 6-4 and four against the spread, but still, I, I've been impressed with this team. Their defense is nails. Number one in both three-point and two-point percentage defense. They do send guys to the line a lot, but so does Sanford. I think that's kind of a wash when you look at both teams matchup-wise. I, I just like how Greensboro's been playing better. They have to protect the ball. They have to keep Sanford out of transition. I think they can. It's a good revenge game here. I'm leaning towards Greensboro. I don't have a strong take, Matthew. I love your your, your stay away here. Um, I, I think this board's or, or the board's really tough today. Got a best bet, of course, but uh, these these headliner games, I don't have a super strong opinion. A little bit of a lean towards Sanford, maybe. I think they're more talented. Matt and Matt, like you said, Logan Die has given them like a true interior presence, yeah, uh, less less guard chucking with Glover and Parham uh, than I kind of thought they would be. So uh, impressed there. Quick All final right. add, maybe the over. Greensboro scored 90 points, two straight games. The uh, Brown Jones, the VC transfer has been awesome. Hmm. Just my my numbers towards lean towards the over, Matthew. So I could I could get on board huh. there. I could get on that board. little intersection weave agreement. That's always a lock, baby. Yeah, Whoa. I love that. Thanks, Gavel. All right, let's go back to chat mob. Kai, you are in charge. What else we have? All right, let's go to Taylor with VCU and Rhode Island. I'm actually going to take this one, guys. I weirdly lean towards Rhode Island. It's a really tough place to play, number one. Number two, Brand Freeman off the team now. On the surface, that seems like a huge deal. He was probably their best player, most talented. I think it's a good thing for chemistry issues. Clearly was, was something wrong in the program. Teams tend to play a lot better when, when a guy like that leaves. And again, they have a strong home court. I lean towards Rhode Island. It's gross, just a lean. Yeah, I mean, he's had four straight games, O-rating sub 90, and clearly probably causing chemistry issues too. I, I could see that being addition by subtraction. Matt, you get a Pac-12 game. Oregon is on the road at oh. Washington. Five and a half point spread. Washington <laughs> is a dog. I don't know. I, Oregon could win by 15. They could lose by 15. Uh, I, money's coming big on Oregon. I guess I can see why. Um, it's still not all the way sold on Oregon is like the let's put all our chips back in yet. So not quite no, there. They, they completely gagged away a big chance against UCLA at home last uh, last weekend. So, yeah, don't trust them. Next game's uh, from Ryan. We have The Beach, Jim, traveling to Riverside. Boy, Riverside's been kind of crappy since uh, Owens has been hurt out of the lineup. Can't find information on him. Don't know. Riverside's laying one at home. Yeah, it's also pretty shocking to see a Riverside total in the 150s. That's not very uh, usual for them, but Beach kind of just sucks you into those up-and-down games. Even without Joel Murray, they have been a, a point explosion type of squad. So maybe a slight lean towards the over there. Uh, I, I don't want to bet Riverside without Owens, though. Uh, Beach has shown more competence without their big piece that's injured than Riverside has. So lean towards Beach. Matthew from Joey, Indiana State at UIC. Indiana State minus 10.5 point favorites on the road. 
I like Indiana State first half. This is usually my Indiana State angle in general. Um, I know these teams have already played once this year, correct? So you think Mr. Yaklich would have his team ready to go against that uh, tough to prepare for offense. I just don't think they're that good. And I think Indiana State has, while well, picked off a pretty good schedule, they're just playing a little better. So I like the Sycamores. A, a TCU blog is reporting that uh, Miles is probably back in, but Baugh might be out for a little bit. So Huge. TCU just can't get it right, man. Tough. Joey, Tough. excuse me, Matthew. Matthew, not you, Matthew, the other Matthew in the chat, asks about Florton and UC San Diego. I'll kick it to Jim here, and I'll give you a spread, which is three and a half to start I, talking about it. Three and I a half. I think I know what it is. I think it's oh, UC it's San Diego half, getting three and a half, and that is the most nightmarish spread you could bet in the world, UC San Diego getting three and a half. <laughs> they have had some horrific beats getting that number this season. I know that is like not a predictable or a predictive type of thing. I just can't get down with it. I, my, my number definitely leans towards UC San Diego here. I don't, I've been kind of lower in Fullerton than the market all season, but Kai, oh, taking three and a half with them. No, thanks. Matthew, you get Presbyterian and High Point, a, a lovely matchup, two of your favorite teams in the country. Yeah. Presbyterian's minus one against High Point. I like the under. Um, just in general, this this conference tends to suck you into the 50s, and I think High Point's willing to do that because they're just trying to do anything to fix their terrible start to the conference play. Broken. Presbyterian will dictate the tempo. I think it plays low 60s. I like the under. Finally, Jim, before we go to the best bets here, unless I missed something, uh, Davidson at SLU. Davidson is plus six on the road. Pass. I believe SLU has kind of owned Davidson recently. Matt, what did you just yell into the ether? Pass. Please pass. pass. Okay. Hard pass. Um, I, I kind of like SLU there. They won by four on the road. I, I think they're just kind of a, a matchup issue for Davidson. Yuri Collins can break down 1v1 any of those Davidson guards. They don't have the athleticism to stay in front of him. Then you get open jumpers. We'll see if the uh, the home court plays up there, but it'd be SLU or nothing for me. Uh, at the buzzer here, Scott, St. Joe's Duquesne. I lean towards St. Joe's. Plus seven. Been really impressed with their guard play um, this season, especially recently. So yeah, lean their way, plus seven. All right, let's go best bets, boys. Matthew, start us off. Uh, best bets. I'm trying to find an updated number here. Give me a second. Three, two, one. It's still minus three. Just confirming yesterday is minus three. Mississippi State laying a field goal. Kentucky, sorry, John Cal. This is your last uh, hurrah, and it continues tonight. So also, reminder, check out that odds boost that Jim mentioned betting on the UNC Tar Heels and Kentucky to both miss a tournament plus 900 by my back of the napkin math. That's pretty good value. And I think that value will only improve tonight with a loss. So get it in now, Jim. Yeah. That's what we say with, with futures, right? You want to time it right. And if this one mm -hmm. Kentucky loses, that might go to plus 700 or something. A lot of good seed uh, lines coming out in bet rivers um, soon, like over under seedings. Yep. Usually good ones to pick off. Maybe on a, a slow Monday show, we'll break down some of those. Kai, sure, after we that. get our bets in. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah. uh, Kai, <laughs> uh, your best bet. My best bet, Virginia, minus 16 is my best bet at Bet Rivers. Crockpot game, man. Uh, I think they're going to extend this lead over the full 40. Slowly, slowly build the lead until they eventually blow Louisville out. Number one turnover rate defense versus the worst turnover team in the ACC. They have one guard, Louisville L. Ellis. It's not enough against this Virginia defense. Their only path to scoring is by chucking from three. Now they're not shooting a terrible percentage, but that's not a good way to beat Virginia. Um, I, I think they have a tough time scoring in general. I think Virginia scores at will with their cutting, their action off screens and the mover blocker and their action off ball screens as well. 
So Virginia minus 16. Yeah, that feels like the perfect Louisville gets annoyed. They can't score. So they stop playing defense too. And yeah. it just snowballs <laughs> down. Uh, yeah. My best bet is an under Stetson, Florida Gulf coast under 141 and a half. Two really, really slow teams. Stetson loves to park it in the half court. Gulf Coast is doing that even more and more. Of course, the efficiency is a concern. Stetson is lethal from three. Gulf Coast is relatively comfortable giving up triples. That's a problem. But uh, there's also a weird matchup angle here where they play again this weekend. So maybe they don't show their full hands. They don't want to go get up and down at all since they've got to play again. Run it back on Saturday. Take under 141.5 Stetson, Florida Gulf Coast. All right, that is it. That's it for today on our Wednesday show. We'll be back Thursday tomorrow, same time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, 10 a.m. Pacific. Matt's going to be in Pacific time zone soon, so he's got to take notes on that. Uh, Just gallivanting around our great country. Uh, But like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Good luck with your bets tonight. Cheers. See you again. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.